See, Ed, see, I can't leave the room here because I, I happen to be waiting for a phone call. It's been six weeks now, and I haven't left once. Now, do you know what that is? Now, this is what we call the peacemaker. And I am trying to sell 50 of these with instructions and maintenance and ground and air control. That's a $300 million contract, Ed, and it's right there. You're in luck up. You know, that is 250 pages, and that is three years' work, and this is a lifetime! And now they're saying, well, everything's approved, just one more phone call, one more approval, and then we'll call you! You see, we'll call you! Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinate with Films. Those are good rules to live by right there. Yes. <laughs> it's like, if you want your own fries, get your own fries, damn it. That movie was on, uh, that's one of those movies that I, I see on and I put on and I, I gotta leave on type of situation. I love Men at Work. Men at Work might have to be on one of these obsessed Life with Life <laughs> Have you seen Lemmy, you know who Lemmy is? Yeah. The guitar player yeah, yeah. for Motorhead? Or the lead singer. singer. Yeah, he's dead now. He plays bass in too. Yeah, um, I guess his memoir came out, and so every so often I see a clip, like let me explains how to do drinking right. <laughs> oh, he's geez. like you can drink as much as you want, and you can drink whatever you want, but you have to watch how fast you drink it. <laughs> yeah, he's like if you do those two things, you can drink all day. I would day, think every it day. takes eating too. To do he it. didn't mention anything. He didn't about mention eating. it eating. <laughs> no, I don't think he ate a lot. Uh, I think he drank a lot. So what you been up to the last week? Um. Work two weeks, doing the consulting thing, which is uh, it's a pretty sweet life. Yeah, but the problem is, is you never know when your money's gonna end. You know, it's not a never consistent know. paycheck yeah. type of deal. Like, like I got three I months left on one contract. I got thirty six months left on another, so yeah. that's fine. But the three month one, you're already thinking ahead. I'm <laughs> like, uh, I think I'm gonna start a nonprofit. Yeah, I mean that's not a bad idea. <laughs> There's nothing, there's nothing could, bad going on in the world right now. No. Well, this would. <laughs> here's my idea. I wanted to. So, what I learned from consulting to people with small businesses and like big corporations, nobody grew up thinking about being an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? It's you didn't true. learn that shit in school. And I can teach someone how to be an entrepreneur with three basic principles. And I think if I developed a program and geared towards like middle schoolers, mm-hmm. just to get them to understand. You know what it means to be an entrepreneur. What mindset you have to be in. Do you like Jay Z? Do you want to be Jay Z? Yeah. Well, the, here's the key: I have to be able to write the language so that it's geared towards kids those age because yeah, yeah. I, I don't know their references. Yeah. So, um, I got a school in Pennsylvania that'll let me do the program for free. Mm-hmm. Get offer it to them for free virtually, and then what I would do is I would fundraise through my NFL contacts. Yeah, yeah. And have them like set up a GoFundMe charity page and then have them shout it out for me. Hmm. You know, it's not bad. Idea. I mean, people, you, you, sh- you got to spend your weeks a lot more productive than I do. Oh, would you do watch movies? <laughs> I watched the Batman. Oh, how was <clears throat> it? It was incredible. Was it good? Absolutely phenomenal. You would love it. Okay. You know why you would love it? Because it's a cross between, uh, it's Batman, but it's a cross between seven and saw. Well, it's, I never it's very seven. Everybody that listens to the show knows that I'm not a super huge fan of, of the those universes, but to be 
Batman has always been yeah, it's grounded. Good. It's he's just a dude. You know, he's he's just, just a rich dude with a lot of yeah. cool toys. You know, he's I mean, not what it is. Supernatural. Yeah, which, I mean, there are some villains a lot that he, of, sight, mm, that he yeah. fights that are supernatural, but not certainly not in the in this not the movie. ones that I've seen so far either. No, and not in this movie. I mean, we're dealing with the penguin, which oh my god, dude! And I was telling Justin, I'm not giving any spoilers here. If you uh, if you're afraid, I'm going to. I'm not. Uh, he does. What was end. great about it was the cast. It was cast. Unbelievably well, well. I was hoping that Paul Dano would oh, get sucked killed, into he, that he universe because here's the thing with him: he kills it all the time, every yeah. time. No, you know what you're going to get with him. It's it's one of those things that you hear that Paul Dano was cast as a realtor, and you're like, I'm I can watch see that. that. I can see it, and yeah. I can see him killing it, and it's exactly what you think. And he, they Justin's, could do it. They Justin could do was a... like, uh, I can't wait to see Paul Dano, and I was like, Well, don't expect to see Colin Farrell because you can't see him anywhere in the movie. Yeah. That motherfucker is hidden in there, and he is so good. I saw the makeup that he had. The the way he acts, he, he calls everyone sweetheart, and and it's. It's yeah. very convincing. Like if you didn't know that was him, you'd be looking like, for that. For a actor. tiny little period of time, he was a joke. Yeah, for it wasn't but that long. It was long. a very short it was. period of time. It, it was. It was weird. They were like, oh, this guy. Yeah. And then you know, I well, like phone booth. I loved phone booth. And I don't know if that was one of the the recruit in Bruges, We all maybe. we all spotted him when he's in Minority seven, Report he's in came out. When Minority Report came nine out, Nine Psychopaths or Seven Psychopaths. Yep. He's in that. that he's in great. that guy's all his movies though. That was the same guy who did in Bruges. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and well, he's next level in it. But so is Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson's one of the best actors acting right now. Yeah. I'm telling you, I can't stress enough. And it used to be available on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix, but Justin, if you hear me, hear me you can uh, you can should check this out too. And I, I recommend it to everyone. Is that movie Good Time? Uh, with okay. uh, it's the same director as Uncut Gems, so it's very like stressful and everything. But the very beginning, him and his brother rob a bank, and he's just trying to deal with that situation that happens in the first like two minutes of the movie through the whole movie, and it's so great. And if you want to see why he, well, Tenant was a good kind of thing for people to watch because they were like, oh, maybe he can do Batman. But I'm telling, you, if you watch Good Time before that, a lot of people knew way before Batman. What was that movie he rode around a limo? Cosmopolis. It was good. It was good. It was good. Well, I wouldn't recommend that movie to anybody. No, it's, it's one of those movies but... that, and I was talking to my wife about like, she was talking about what movies not you can't recommend to people. She's like, does movies you love that you can't recommend? I said, yeah, I, I love Laws of Frontier movies. I'm not recommending any of them to anybody unless I know that you like fucked up shit. Uh, because we got on the discussion. Because <laughs> here's how that scenario goes. Yeah. Oh, Paul said this movie would be great. Yeah. They put it on. I was like, oh, no, Paul put, must be a crazy person yeah, if he well, thinks I'll this movie's great. ahead of that shit, too. I'd be like, if, if you, like you like disturbing movies. Yeah. yeah. Well, then here, I got somebody I for got you. Somebody. <laughs> and you could pretty much count on him. Yeah. So I watched The Batman. I watched Death Hunt, man. I mentioned I watched a little bit of it the last time I had talked on the pod but my god you would love that movie dude it stars everybody famous it's called death hunt it's with lee marvin and charles bronson it's from like 78 maybe and charles bronson and it stars so many great character actors uh, people hunting <clears throat> every actor in it uh carl weathers is in it ed louder who's in it he's the one that fights with Paul charles bronson in number uh death wish three uh he he ends up saving a dog during a dog fight at the very beginning, and he kind of forces the owner to sell it to him and everything. And the uh, hair gets across the owner's ass, and him and his buddies decide to just go up the mountain and, and find him and kill him. And they get Lee Marvin involved in it because he's one; he's part of the police. And they, 
it's it's kind of a first blood type of situation. You should have just left me the fuck alone, because then Charles yeah. Bronson is systematic. It's like the Revenant, the look of it. It's in the snow. It's in oh, the wilderness, cool. and they are hunting each other. And Charles Bronson's just so fucking good that they uh, he's just picking off Lee Marvin's guys one after another. And Lee Marvin actually is is kind of uh, on. Charles Bronson's side, so it's difficult. He's got him in his sight several times, and he lets him go, and then he comes after him again. It's it was a fantastic movie. So if you want to watch an old school, and I've been going down like a '70s rabbit hole, Death Hunt's a great one. But today, it's probably one of the more obscure. That there's probably four or five Chevy Chase movies that I can say that are great that most Chevy Chase fans haven't yeah, seen. Yeah, I'm surprised. Seems I like old times is one of them. Yep. Under the Rainbow is another one. Oh, Heavenly Dog. Yep. Foul Play. But Foul Play wasn't that great of a movie. It, not like these other ones. Well, uh, even one Memoirs of an Invisible Man, if you're talking later movies. Him and Dabby Coleman. Uh, Chevy and uh, Dabney? What yeah. were they in together? When he was snorting the... Oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Powder. Modern Problems. That's a good poll, too. <laughs> Modern Problems. Yeah, I think everyone's kind of familiar with his very popular That whole movie is... You own a Porsche, for Christ's sake. <laughs> he was trying to kill himself. Yeah. And the way they were talking about him, it was telling him yeah. that he owned a Porsche. Mary Kay Play awesome. screamed at him. That is such a great movie. We'll be doing that movie on uh, Obsessed with the Scare for sure. Mel Carter. It was, it was disturbing. It was probably a PG movie, and it had a lot of disturbing type scenes in it that as a young child I didn't understand and just kind of wigged me Dad out. used to quote this movie a lot. Yeah. This one we're doing today, Deal of the Century? And, and Modern, Modern Problems. Problems. Yeah, yeah. He, he would do that. I like it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I like it. That whole scene was great. Uh, Nell Carter was great in that, or Nell uh, Harbor. Nell, Nell Carter. <laughs> so, Deal of the Century is what we're going to talk about today. and it might be relevant. It's. So, I think it came out at the wrong time, because there's a little bit in the trivia that I'll talk about that it, that it was going to drop right when the Iran-Contra happened. So, the idea It got of, pushed. It, it, it never came out in, in England. It was oh. one of the things. And it had there's no reason it should have been shouldn't have been huge. Not only was it a fantastic movie, but it was directed by William Freakin, who had already done the Exorcist and the French connection. So people should have been mm-hmm. super familiar with all Freakin stuff. And yep. some of the big biggest names around were in the uh were in the cast. So it should have been a lot bigger than it was. I mean it was a HBO staple. Oh, for sure. And that's definitely how we saw it. And it was a great... Uh, th- this pod should be called We Saw It on HBO or Pay-Per-View back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> because the, half of these be movies that. were all that, really. Some of the later ones, obviously not. But the the theme for this, and it's been done several times in movies, the the gun selling. There was one with... Uh, Mel Gibson. That was, yep, the Air, Air America, America was one of them. Another one was the one with Nicolas Cage and Jared Leto. Okay. And then the more recent one, there was a one with Jonah Hill yep. and the kid from Whiplash yep. were gun sellers, War Dogs, I think it was called. And so it's an interesting thing because it's kind of a shady-ass job do, dealing with shady-ass people and you're, you're selling of weapons of mass destruction and it usually takes a certain type of person who has no yeah. redeemable qualities. Syriana had a little bit of that. Syriana had it. And that's what the thing, if, if Chevy was not... This movie would have been a lot more difficult with somebody who wasn't Chevy because Chevy has a lightheartedness to him and you always know that there's comedy in his heart when he's doing a role mm-hmm. because 
he's a prick in most of these things. You you realize you see how he gets the contract in the first place. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a really kind of shitty. I mean, way of doing it. He did take the bullets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna hold so on yeah, to just the log line before we get into the cast and the crew and everything. If you're not familiar with uh, Deal of the Century, first of all, seek it out. Try to find it. It's a it's a fantastic film. You're dealing with Chevy Chase, who's who's a gun runner. He and all deals with foreign countries and dignitaries and sells them. He's a broker. Weapons of mass he's an arms broker. <laughs> yeah, he's an arms broker, and everything. And I mean, it's he, not he'll illegal. go to the highest buyer. He does not yeah. give a shit. He doesn't. Uh, he, he doesn't care about pimping ours, people out or doing whatever he has to. You can sell. And his partner, I would love to see a prequel to this movie because oh, it, Jesus. because it was interesting. Gregory Hines comes in, things get too big for Chevy Chase to deal on his own, so they get he should have uh, acted more. He, I, you know, when you pull him up, he he's, he's acted a, a lot. Has he? Yeah, he's acting a lot of stuff, a lot I more hate, than you think he has. Well, he's done. He, the thing is with him is he does some really good dramas and comedies, yeah. but he also does like comedy musical stuff. Music. It was in that tap movie and that I, was supposed to be I don't really care good. About that stuff. Oh, but he was good. That's man. Fine. You get to watch him do his like best shit. That tap was actually a pretty good movie. They played that on. If HBO I'm watching a dancing movie, it's either Black Swan or what's <laughs> the one with the Save Save by the Bell. Girl. Oh, striptease? striptease? I don't know if that's a dancing movie more than They do a lot of dancing. A... <laughs> <laughs> I thought, no, it's called uh, Showgirls. Showgirls, what I say? Striptease? Striptease, striptease is, is the other the one. But Showgirls, one. yeah, I guess it was a little bit more than Striptease. I mean, it's in the title. <laughs> Christ's sake. Showgirls? Yeah. yeah, I guess they they do the kick. <laughs> yeah, the kick line. Uh, but, so yeah, yeah, I, I loved Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines was, uh, Running Scared is still one of my favorite oh, 80s geez, comedies, yeah. man. I love Running Scared. It's so great. So let's talk about the cast a little bit. Well, we already kind of started. So <clears throat> Chevy Chase, like we said, we're the Princess Bride guy. Uh, well, let's go. Let's go uh, down the list first. Chevy Chase. We've always well, been fans of Chevy Chase. Wait, you don't have to. I mean, well, I well with Chevy, we could name movies all day long. What was your favorite Chevy Chase movie? I mean, it'd have to be Fletch. Really? Over over Caddyshack? Yeah, it's a difficult decision right there for me. Caddyshack was more of an ensemble to me. You know, I think seems like old times. I'd have to go top. With me, I'm more of a seems like old times fan than most people I know. Strange enough, my wife is a huge fan of strange. Well, you like seems like old times. You really like Charles Grodin and Goldie Hawn. That, that, that helps. Whole, that, that helps. Whole, like, and even were, uh, Chester in that movie was so great. Benson, that movie, uh, that movie was perfectly cast, like, <laughs> much you, like the Batman. Do you just take from me, or do you steal from other judges? Too? I'm yeah, every person <laughs> in that, and I've seen that guy several times. I saw him in an old school like Dennis the Menace episode. The other day. <laughs> he grabbed the gringos and he yeah. chewed them up into pieces. Her too. I see her all the time really? too. She's in a lot of stuff. What uh, year did that come out? I wonder. Like 83? eighty or eighty two. I would say. So yeah. So we've always been Chevy Chase fans. We talk a little Gregory Hines already. Uh, what was there? There was another great Gregory Hines movie that was not tap related or comedy related that he was in too. I think. Damn. Maybe it'll come to me. Oh, he was wasn't he in White Knights with Burishnikov? Yeah, I think he was in White Knights too. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver was huge at this point. When did this movie come out? Eighty three. So this was right before, before Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. My God, her career took off like crazy after this movie. So yeah, she could not. She had to throw roles away. I I would love to hear just people a what whole documentary about roles they turned down and why they were sad. Uh, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but we watched that uh, that Cosby documentary. Ooh, four part documentary was it hard to watch uh it was hard to watch but it was uh informative of shit as shit and what hearing a- everyone the only person from the cosby show that they got to talk was the person that uh n- the martin guy he was the one that married one of the daughters yeah, he yeah, was yeah. he was in the navy yeah he came i back. read his transcript yeah about 
going to the auditions. Yeah, he's the only one who came back, which I thought was odd, but we'll, we'll, well, go, we'll go off that. It's in syndication, so yeah. they don't <laughs> wanna, they, everyone gets money from it. Uh, no, no, they pulled that show. You, oh, can't, you can't see that anywhere. Really? They're not playing that show anymore, That which is what pisses me off for the other guys yeah, involved in it. Their legacy is just but, shit. Hey, now. I mean, yeah. hope you saved your money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so... The bad guy in this was played by Vince Edwards. He played uh, Stryker in this, and he was a good bad guy, man. Mm-hmm. I always thought he was like very kind of uh, really mean. He was in The Killing, which was great. I'm wondering what he, who he played in The Killing because the the old Stanley Kubrick yep. one was a great great movie. He was also in Three Faces of Eve. Wallace Shawn, we always love Wallace Shawn. He's our guy from Princess Bride that you mentioned. This is probably my favorite role for him. I mean, I love him in Toy Story. He, his I, role was very brief. <laughs> it's it's very brief. It was but good, man, though. he comes in for oh, like yeah. 10 minutes, not even 10 minutes, probably and six he minutes. has to act super manic. erratic and manic. Yeah. And yeah, we'll talk about his, his role in it when we get to it. So some of the other people in this, uh, Richard Hurd was... Um, He's been in a lot of comedies and stuff. Um, Richard Hurd was, here's something people will remember him by. He was George Costanza's boss in Seinfeld. The balding guy that looked like Carl mm-hmm. Malden. He always gets mistaken for Carl Malden. I mean, uh, Carl Malden's okay. Yeah, and he's been, Richard Hurd's been in All the President's Men, The China Syndrome, Private Benjamin, Summer Rental, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, Gleaming the Cube. He was a bad guy in Gleaming the Cube. That was like one of the <laughs> the big times. He's almost always just a minor character actor. And I love when those minor character actors, you see someone like, let's give him a shot. He, he's the bad guy in that movie. I was like, I don't know if he can hold that, but he's great in just the lawyer or whoever he is. I love those kind of uh, utility players mm-hmm. uh, for actors. They have no problem. He says, you want a cop? He called Reginald Bell Johnson. He just comes yep. in and he kills it. Uh, <clears throat> Graham Jarvis was in this. Who was he in this? He was in Out of Towners, Mr. Mom, Tough Guys, Misery, Son-in-Law. Who was he in Misery? There wasn't that many people in that There movie. wasn't many people in Misery. He Damn, was the cop. I, I should have put he there. He must have been the cop. I should have given myself up. a note who he was. You dropped the ball. Well, you know who I do know is is uh, Richard uh, Libertini. He was Fletch's... Uh, uh, his boss. boss, yeah, Fletcher's boss, and he's in a lot. Obviously, a lot of Chevy Chase movies, but he was also in Popeye, Fletch, All of Me. All of Me was great. He was the one that transferred the bodies. <laughs> he always plays kind of a whack job, kind of guru type of guy. And in, in this, he was playing a guy that was kind of based on a real dude, so it was uh, interesting. Uh, who else we got here? Richard Levin. These are just all great character actors. He played um, Doctor Rechton. In this movie, and he was in Man with One Red Shoe, The Golden Child, The Couch Trip, No Holds Barred. <laughs> we could do Man with One Red Shoe. Uh, Pepe, yeah, Pepe Cernata, who is really good. I always liked him. And uh, you're going deep now. I don't remember any of you guys. Yeah, Pepe, uh, Pepe Cerna was in uh, Scarface, Buckaroo Banzai, Red Dawn. Oh, he's the guy that had the flame at the. No, throw. not that guy. That's Tony Plana. Uh, uh, Pepe read- Cerna is the guy at the beginning of the movie that remember when Chevy goes into the room to try to sell those weapons to the guy and he actually shoots the tank. Yeah, he's the guy in like the dark suit. He was one of Tony's like okay. right hand men in Scarface. Uh, what don't, else was he? He was in Caddyshack. To, I'm not sure he played Caddyshack. Don't forget too. the uh, but the keyboard player. Yeah, yeah, he's next. Well, after Tony, oh Tony Plana. Uh, 
who was the guy with the flamethrower. He was in a lot of good stuff. He was in Three Amigos, Disorderlies, One Good Cop. One Good Cop he was great in. He was like the bad cop that was trying to... Do you remember that movie with Michael Keaton? Yep. His partner died, and so he had to like take care of his partner's kids and stuff. But there was a... Uh, a Mexican drug lord that was trying to buy him off, and that was Tony Plana. He was also in JFK. Not sure who he was in JFK. And Mex- then, uh, Mexican Primal drug Fear. lord tries to buy you off. You say. You yes. say yes. <laughs> uh, Ray Manzarek. Yeah, that was something I sent Dave a picture earlier this week, and I was like, do you know who this guy is that sells the flamethrower to Gregory Hines? And uh, yeah, keyboardist to the doors. If it was Ray Kyle McLaughlin, I would have said it was Ray Manzarek. Yeah, yeah, which is weird, but... Uh, Alex Colon, who played the street robber in this, I loved him, man. He says, but your gun is bigger than mine. Remember, he's the one that jumps out of the tree and tries to rob Chevy Chase. Yeah. Right after he does a huge gun deal and Chevy's uh, trunk is filled with a big-ass gun. He, he pulls was in, a machine gun out, doesn't yeah, he? <laughs> he was in Taking a Pelham 123, Invasion USA, Deep Cover, and The Getaway. And then Tracy Walter played a small-ass role. That's Bob from, uh, from Batman. From Batman. He was the one that was in the booth controlling the drones. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, with the yeah, other yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, this is literally one of the first, like, this is the beginning of the AI drone. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, we did not see, there wasn't many drone movies before this. And this, the drone in this looked really good, too. And there was so much kind of funny kind of comedy with how much it kind of was a piece of shit. <laughs> well, they... Yeah. This is a good day for the Navy, General. Why? Because the Army just bought it. Uh, 50 of those disasters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really funny. So the crew member, the crew members on this before we get into kind of the meat of the movie. <clears throat> William Freakin, we mentioned earlier, obviously the director of Exorcist and uh, French Connection, the whole slew of great movies. The writer was Paul Brickman, who was the writer for The Bad News Bears. Uh, oh, wait. The second one, the Bad News Bears in Breaking Training. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, also, Risky Business and True Crime. So he had done some stuff. Mm-hmm. The cinematographer was Richard Klein, who who had been the cinematographer a, a ton of good stuff, man. Got a huge list here. They got a great job with, uh, I wonder if he worked with Freakin' in anything other than this. But uh, he had been the cinematographer in Hang Em High, The Boston Strangler, The Geronimo Screen, The Mechanic, which is one of my favorite 70s movies, uh, Soylent Green, Battle for the Planet of the Apes, King Kong, The Fury, Star Trek The Motion Picture, Body Heat, Death Wish 2, All of Me, The Man with the One Red Shoe, it's Howard the Duck, money. My Stepmother is an Alien, and Double Impact Man. So yeah, he did a lot of a lot good of stuff. Money. It's got to be great to have that kind of great stuff under your list and not just... I mean, once you get two... Yeah. Then you probably can start writing your own ticket. Yeah. If you do two great movies, yeah, that's how I can't say it is a fluke because if you followed it up with another great movie, and if you're acting, if you do like three or four, yeah, you're like, hey, man, I always have that to fall back on. Uh, So the editor, speaking of someone with only who with two movies, I could think of the editor on here, Jir Hugens, had also edited uh, Cat People and For the Boys. Uh, the composer on this was Arthur B. Rubenstein, and he was the composer on a bunch of good flicks. Uh, Blue Thunder, War Games, The Best of Time, Stakeout, The Hard Way, and Other Stakeout, and Nick of Time. So oh, I thought nice. that was good. So this, yeah, the release date, November 4th, 1983, was this uh, movie. And uh, obviously before PG-13, so it got a PG rating. That was a it would have got a PG rating probably anyways. There was no nudity in this movie. A little bit of blood, but not much. Not much the violence. Swearing, maybe. That's what a lot of good movies were starting to come out. E3, 84, 85. Oh, yeah. That, those three years. So the filming locations all filmed in California, and the budget was $10 million, and the worldwide gross, would you say it made money or lost money? 
I want to say it lost money. Nope, it made money, but only a little bit. <laughs> ten million was the budget, and made ten point three million. So I mean, and it made more after that. That's it won't just keep you from office. getting work. That's just the well. That's just the box office totals. Worldwide gross. Yeah, but, but that doesn't mean that. Oh all yeah, the I suppose. I'm, how did they make money that? on HBO back then? Too. They just paid for the movie. Yeah, so it was just more of a popularity thing. Like they your movie needed, could get popular on. It could on get HBO. popular, but like. VHS Chevy sales, Chase, though. VHS, yeah, VHS sales, sales so would certainly... Uh, I imagine it's probably double that now, yeah. by now. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I don't know how it would make money. I guess it's still you're, it's still making money if people are I'd like renting to see, that movie. I'd like to see Chevy Chase, like what he gets residuals on. Like actors, do they get... Sometimes, do they get... I wonder if there's a guy out there that get, literally gets 40 checks. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, oh, there's there's certain people that are just probably like could live Walken. off could like live off residuals. residuals. Yeah, they just put them in there and everything. Like Samuel Jackson, can you imagine? He could possibly have oh, Nick Cage. Nick Cage yeah, is probably he could possibly even possibly have forty different checks from forty different. I think the artist, uh, that really great uh, artist that's uh, got some health problems right now, George Perez, that I used to visit at the uh, the cons. He did all his sketches for charity he net all his money and he had mentioned in an interview he says i make so much in residuals from the work i did with dc and marvel that i just live off of that so i yeah. don't have to live off any i, I don't need cool. i have all the money i can use so he gives all the rest i of it read to a charity. story the other day jim carrey i don't know if it was liar liar or something took zero salary and just got 36 percent of the box office interesting Check up how much liar liar made. It was tw- <laughs> it was twenty. He his check it was like twenty five million. Yeah, every once in a while somebody will make a good business decision like that. It'll yeah. pay off. But I like when I hear people are like, not so much with Jim Carrey. I mean, he's still getting it. I like when people are diverting their uh, salary for something or other for it's another like, person. Oh yeah, for another person or for a cause or something. Shout out to Leonardo DiCaprio. gave out gave ten million dollars to the Ukrainian army yesterday. Ten million. Yeah. That's a big chunk of money chunk for of money. Leo He's to probably give. worth a hundred. I mean, he did. A, he probably worked six that, months for that type of. That might that be ten percent of, of all his money. Who knows? No, he makes a fucking buckload. Well, I bet he made ten million. He makes ten million a picture, probably. I mean, the Revenant. He probably made twenty, twenty-two, twenty-five million. It was probably his take for the Revenant. But think of this: Robert De Niro is only worth four hundred million. So yeah. maybe they get paid more nowadays. I'm sure they do. But the residuals? Ooh. <laughs> All right, let's talk some trivia with this movie. So the the name Deal of the Century, I guess, originally comes from a bribery scandal involving Lockheed and the Japanese officials in 1972. So it was so very it had some somewhat topical. topical. Yep. The name of the fictional Central American country was San Miguel. It's the real name of numerous towns and cities around the world, but not a country. So I guess that's safe, you know, when you're doing yeah, movies like this. <laughs> Uh, the character played by Richard uh, Libertini was actually based on a real-life Saudi business and arms dealer named Agnin Ashkau. How do you say that name? The third one down, Ashkari? Adnan Khashoggi. Khashoggi. He's the same name as the guy that got killed. Oh, really? The one the Saudis killed at the oh, yeah, Turkish yeah. embassy. That's interesting. Khashoggi. The same last name, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mentioned earlier, CBS scheduled a broadcast of the film for December 1986, but was canceled due to the revelation of Reagan's Iran-Contra arms scandal. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense. And it was replaced by Risky Business. Oh, man. So, underage kids seeking out hookers, that's cool. But <laughs> Arms dealer, no. 
The film was never shown theatrically in the UK. UK I'd mentioned that. This was one of two military-based comedies that competed with each other when it came out, the other being Best Defense with Eddie Murphy and I don't remember uh, that one. Dudley Moore. It sucked. The yeah. best one was ever good? was the Sergeant Hoka. What's that? Sergeant Hook Stripes. Oh, Stripes. Yeah, I guess that military was military-based com- comedies. Yep, Stripes was probably up there and one of the best for sure. Yeah, Best Defense kind of sucked. That was with the tank, and uh, yeah, it wasn't good. And they didn't have any. Eddie Murphy was in it, but he was barely in it. It was more Dudley, I think. And Dudley's good, but Dudley needs to be drunk for me to be. I don't like. Off. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't. I don't instinctively like Eddie Murphy and everything, but I like him in a lot. But there are some stuff I could get, like Doctor Doolittle. I can give a shit about Doctor Doolittle. That was actually one of the better ones, though, of all his it. kids' ones he made. Because he, that was the problem with me. He made like fifteen kids' movies, yeah. and it was fine. He's he's, he he's could playing to that audience. He had kids. I get it. The only two of those kid movies that I liked was the first Doctor. Do- Maybe it was only one Doctor Doolittle. Doctor Doolittle and uh, the one where he where he started the daycare, Daddy Daycare, was actually quite funny with him and Jeff Garland. Uh, all right, this was interesting. Some scenes involving helicopters and explosives were shot at Indian Dunes Motorcycle Park in Valencia, California. You know what other scene was filmed there? Mm-mm. The helicopter scene in Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh, so it's got some murder. It's got some, some history death. there. Well, that was after, after uh, obviously, Deal of the Century. That happened. It happened. Not after. far after. Like, 85, I think, was Twilight Zone, the movie. You know, I'm going to make a prediction. I bet they didn't film any more helicopter Ooh, scenes. Man, there. yeah, they're probably done with that now. The insurance company's like, I need nope. to rewatch Twilight on the movie, man. That was such a fun-ass movie to watch. It was so good. It was one of the coolest <laughs> things that I saw um, Dan Aykroyd did. Oh, yeah, it was such a weird minor role. Do you remember the other guy was in the uh, car with him at the beginning of the movie? Yeah. The other guy's super famous, too. Who was it? Albert Brooks. Okay. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, people forget about that opening every time they watch. They remember the individual episodes and also how bad the uh, that kick the can episode was. That was Which the most skippable the episode. The where the old people became little kids at night. Oh. They went out and they played kick the can. And yeah. it, was, it was a touching kind of thing, but it was like, ugh. And it was didn't Spielberg, s- too. It, it didn't sit with the rest of the movie. Yeah, Spielberg did that one, so... You know, I had I mentioned to Justin, it would take you forever, so I wouldn't even bother asking you. Right. But I came up with my like top hundred favorite movies, top and I and I have it movies. on like uh, my notes section on my phone and everything, and it's super fun. And I haven't changed any of them off there. I'm like super proud of the hundred list that I have. And then for the hell of it, the how other day, how good is a movie you have to be? To... It's just your favorite. It doesn't have to be a no. How good of a movie does it have to be to you to bump something out of there? Uh, it depends how often I watch it or just, you know, you, you can tell what you're considered your favorite, uh, how much you watch it, how much you like it, how much you go back to revisiting it or that special feelings it gives you when you think about it. But I, I, for just for the hell of it, I was just chilling the other day and I had nothing going on. And I was like, I'm wondering wh- how many repeat directors are on this. So I made the list of how many, I bet you did of who the top director was mm-hmm. and who it was, was it? Spielberg Five of my hundred were Spielberg, but right under him were, and I would have guessed it was like John Carpenter, uh, but it wasn't. It was um, Brian De Palma and Francis Ford Coppola were right under, were tied with four. Kubrick make it on there? What's that? Kubrick. Oh, they all made it on there, just not multiple movies. Like the the top one was uh, Spielberg and then- Because I don't know how much you can put Clockwork Orange in. That wasn't on my top 100, but it probably would have been on my top 250. You know, it's uh, it's it's just top 100, but for like, for Spielberg, it had to be E.T., Jaws, 
Munich was on there. That was probably one of the more ones that most people wouldn't have Goonies. guessed. Uh, Goonies was Richard Donner, but right. that was on there. Uh, yeah, because you could, if you were a Count Onesie produced, because that was Spielberg mm-hmm. produced, so it was Gremlins and all, all those. It was probably more like 10, so... Uh, so Jurassic Park, what Jurassic it, Park's another what one. What does a Steven Spielberg do to produce? Is he just no? He takes he just, over. He just does d- it. Does he? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. You look at and it's like you look at the Richard Joe Dante Donner's movies. Like, I didn't really make this movie. Look at all he Joe Dante's it. movies that he did with Spielberg. They're like Spielberg movies, like Gremlins, Inner Space. Yeah. Uh, those are very Spielberg. Spielberg's like I don't want to sit behind the camera. Just, here's what I want. <laughs> Even like Back to the Future. I mean, come on. It's, I'm sure you definitely get to see some Zemeckis in there, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of Spielberg type stuff in there, <laughs> influence stuff. But let's talk some deal of the century. So the the how does the movie start? The movie starts with um, Chevy trying to close a deal. Yeah, in like uh, it wasn't San Miguel. Maybe it is San Miguel. I think so. Where it was, he was down there trying to close a deal. And it was Christmas time, remember? Yeah. He's, and he narrates the movie, which I, I thought was really good. He's one of those actors he that can, can pull that shit off. He did it in Fletch. And he I did it in it. Fletch, and it was just as cool in Deal of the Century. He had so many great spots to do one-liners. I know, and that's that's what the freedom it gives you. Not only have the the range as an actor, but the voiceover can, yeah. make, can make fun of the situation. And who knows time. if that was even written during the time of filming, because it doesn't go it with doesn't it at all. It doesn't have to. Like, he's like... He's like, it's it's really horrible down here. I, I want to. It makes me want to take a the uh, an immediate flight to Jonestown to have a cool drink. Yeah. It's such a great line by him. That's just like a throwaway line that they just must have thrown into the narration. So we see him at the bar. That's and one he, of the lines Dad used. Oh, it was so great uh, of a movie, and uh, th- uh, it's about as fun as a pig's bris. That was another one. Or uh, so at, at the bar, he's just kind of by himself, and he sees Sigourney Weaver. I'm I'm not sure he has more than two or three lines with her, like uh, what are you doing with, with in a place like this type of stuff? And she's like she's on her honeymoon and everything. We just get little bits and pieces of her. We find more about her later. But then he's interrupted by that guy from Scarface that says, "Hey, the buyers are here," and he goes into that next room. And then he goes through that spiel like he should have been on like Boiler Room, mm-hmm. like he's done this so many times, yeah. and he's he's talking about the the weapon that he's got, and he's he's even showing the. Uh, He's like, let me paint the picture. You're out there. You're hot. You smell like you smell now. <laughs> He's like blatantly insulting these guys because they only half speak English. Yeah. The kind of the Scarface guy is there to kind of interpret for him. And he's even showing him little details in the gun, like it's got a bottle opener yeah. on the side and everything. It was very like almost like when Gary Oldman was selling the... the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in Fifth Element. Fifth Just Element. very like lighthearted yeah. and funny, but really <laughs> snappy the way he's doing it. And uh, he he shows them the dragon tooth mines. Hey, you guys can have a couple samples of these. And, the, and the, they do that kind of blow up thing with their hand. He's like, yeah, yeah, they blow up. They're not gonna hurt. They're not gonna kill you, but they'll take a toe off type of situation. And then they like immediately hand them to the other guy. They don't want them in their hand. The, the other two guys that are buyers like immediately realize this guy is a wild, crazy man that I don't even want to deal with. <clears throat> so he looks out the window and you see that truck outside. It's like a military vehicle. And he's showing him the different specs of the gun and the the sight. And he's trying to get him to look at it. Remember that one short guy comes up and he tilted up and he's like, no, not the moon, not the moon, the, the car. And one of his friends lifts him up so he can see through it and everything. And then friggin' uh, Chevy Chase surprise everyone, but actually fires the gun through the window and destroys the uh, the truck. Who knows what the fallout from that yeah, kind of scene were, but they didn't really tell us yeah. that. And the guys freaked out. They were like, "Loco, loco!" And he just they leave the room, and he's like, "Hey, 
you can uh my numbers in the catalog and thanks that type of situation that just goes on to the next scene you're like holy crap dude what the hell's going on here <clears throat> and that immediately goes into the scene where he's he comes back to his apartment. He uh, lands right back before in the US. that though. He gets robbed. He gets oh, tried yeah, to get robbed. Yeah, 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 that yeah, one yeah. guy jumps out of the tree. And you know who's the wrong person to rob? Yeah, the guy that has a trunk full of automatic weapons. Yeah, it's it's so funny because he just put his weapon in the trunk, and he he gives Eddie Munts the Eddie uh not the uh the Chevy Chase character gives him his wallet. And the guy gets greedy. He's like, what's in the case? And uh, Chevy's like, nothing of any value. He says, open the case. And he opens it. And then <clears throat> Chevy comes back with like holding yeah. like the biggest automatic weapon you've ever seen. He's pointing at the guy. And the guy's like, uh, I think I made a mistake. He says, yes, I think you did. He's like, I'm, it's my pleasure to give you back your wallet. <laughs> and then he says, what? Doesn't Chevy asked for his wallet? Yeah. He's like, he's like, give me your money. He's like, he's like, you want my money? He's like, I only got a couple coins. He says, I'll take them. And then as he walking away, and give me your gun. He's like, what? But your gun's bigger than mine. He says, I don't care. Give me your gun. And he gives him his gun. And he just sulks off. <laughs> Chevy's like, it's a, it's an Italian piece of shit. $50 on the market. And he just throws it in his trunk. So yeah, then he goes back. And why don't you do a little bit of talking about the uh, the Wall of Sean scene. So he's, he must live in like an apartment complex where it's pretty shady. And pretty yeah, it looks down. maybe like, that's it didn't all look of like San it, Miguel. Yeah, it, well, it didn't have any air conditioning and anything. Yeah, it was very like, like wet and juicy yeah. kind of. Dirty. So he walks by his neighbor, one of his neighbors. Apparently, he knows him, and then I don't think he knew him at all. Oh, you like, don't think he just, knew him? I all? think he just came out and asked him what time. It oh, was. okay. And he grabs him. Yeah. And he pulls him in the room, and he's like, "They say they're gonna call, but then they never call. But they say you can't leave here." Which is interesting Not that he would one pop, second. He, he's another arms dealer. Yeah. Which is interesting that he would pop into another arms dealer, but I but guess maybe the, I mean this is the shitty hotel they put them all they in. All maybe it's true. In, so he uh, he strikes up of a conversation. The guy obviously has to get his mind right. So Realize it's like a it's like a twenty million. Yeah, he's got a gigantic corporate contract with. Like the U.S. Lock, uh, Lockheed, Lock up, which is, the, is the name of their Lockheed Martin. Lockheed, yeah, and uh, he said the Lock deal's up. going fine. I'm just waiting for the final approval. And they say I have to stay here and answer the phone when they call. And if they only call once, then they don't call again. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna lose so, my wife. I'm doing yeah, this, and so, uh, and he's yeah. even suicidal. He shows him a gun. He says, yeah. You ever seen one of these? He, and, he's like, I feel like using it half the time, but yeah. you know what? And yeah, he gives him that pep talk. He's like, hey, it's all about the yeah, sale. It's all about the sale, and your wife's going to love you, and everything's going to be great when you yep. make that sale. And like, I'm He gonna, calms him down. He calms him down. He tells him, basically, tell him, don't kill himself. He's like, I'm going to take these bullets. Yeah. So he takes his bullets out of his gun, and he leaves. And uh, everything, it looked like he had, he had just solved the guy's problem chevy it, gets back to his room and sits down on the bed yep. for about two seconds yeah and he hears the gun go off yeah and then he goes in and he sees wallace sean with a gunshot wound yep. to the head and then and what happens the phone rings, <laughs> the phone, fucking phone rings. <laughs> that's that's oh, like so Shakespearean great. tragedy oh. right there. and then what was great is chevy's eyes he lets the phone ring and he looks around and the guy's got the contracts. Everything he would need. Contracts, to... the pictures of the drone. It's all on the wall. It's all right there. And he he answers the phone. And he's like, hey, Eddie. And he uses his real name. Eddie Munns. No, I'm uh, an associate with uh, Mr. DeVoto. Yeah. And uh, he had to leave the country, but I'm kind of taking over his uh, thing here. Yep. And uh, he's he just strikes it up. And you realize, holy shit, he's going to just take over this offer like yeah. it was his. Like it just fell on his lap like a lottery ticket. Yeah. And uh, 
we see him go and talk to the guys. Remember, there's chickens all over the place, and he's he's in a room with other arms dealers. The guy next to him, like, uh, who are you with? And he's like, oh, Luck Up. He's like, oh, the drones. Specifically, Luck Up, I guess, is the drone yeah. uh, company. So he goes in and he wows those guys. Remember, he brings in that uh, that little tape recorder yeah. that turns into a gun. Into a machine gun, <laughs> It was yeah. really fun. But then remember, when he's about to leave San Miguel and he's going to go to the airport, uh, Sigourney Weaver is in the taxi with him. And he's like, oh, it's weird that I brought you here. Why are you leaving the country so early? And all of a sudden, they, the casket is thrown in the back of the cab, and you yeah, realize, yeah. oh, shit, her husband just died? Yeah. And it was Wallace Shawn, the guy that he just ripped off. Yeah. So that gets interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> when he gets back to California, that's when he's going to he's gonna work up this deal, and he's going to get Gregory Hines in. And really, the, the pitcher really starts for me once Gregory Hines enters the pitcher. He's just a great character, and... And that's why I said it would be interesting to see a prequel where these guys had worked together in the past. Because when we see Gregory Hines, he's already in the middle of a life crisis when he's about to change his life. And he even mentions he's he's uh, thinking of becoming a born again Christian yeah, and giving the giving the life up and becoming a preacher. And Chevy's just kind of rolling his eyes, and we get the impression that. Damn, man, he was one of the best back in the days, but he's just in the middle of a midlife crisis, like a hardcore one. But he's there for his friend, so he's like, uh, he even moved in with him and everything, and things are going great. We get to see the drone in action with that striker guy, and uh, they're controlling him from like they're controlling the drones from like a little uh, what do you call trailer. it? trailer, trailer. Yeah, and I, I guess they mo- they still do that, right? Or they probably can do it now. From you can do it from the U.S. <laughs> yeah, from the U.S. But they do it. It's mostly naval ships. That's those, true. That makes sense. Those guys are just on a ship. Yeah. The drone takes off from the deck. And they just... So we realized shortly on, it was kind of a presentation to all the generals and people that the drones suck ass. They, they remember it, they, it's just not working and it's conking out and they're using crazy kind of sound effects for it. And they were like, well, maybe it's because we washed it. And he was like, you washed it? He's like, yeah, we wanted to make it look nice for it. He's this is a uh, $500 million kind of piece of equipment and you're going to be wa- uh, washing it? So it goes, it turns out like shit. Their ultimate goal is to take it to the arm show, basically, and do that. But during this whole time, Sigourney Weaver puts everything together. She must have had deals with, uh, or phone calls for her husband. <clears throat> and I don't know, you must have think something was going to happen, but uh, so she came in. Do you remember when she first comes in uh, to Chevy Chase's house and it's kind She's of almost like, like being seductive or yeah, something, being seductive but then she pulls a gun him. on him. Yeah, <laughs> And when he pushes the gun away, it yeah. shoots him in it the foot. It shoots him in the foot. He's in the cast for the rest of the goddamn movie, mostly. No, what, that happened before. Remember, he they show him in the field where the helicopter comes okay. and shoots him for that deal with those Oh, guys. she shot him in the cast. She shot him in his... I just his remember Ari. him taking the cork from the yeah. wine bottle and sticking it. <laughs> to stop the bleeding. Like the that bleeding. would just fill like, the cast yeah. up. I don't know. <laughs> and that's when Gregory Hine pops into the window. She shot she's like, me, oh my right? God, it's a burglar. He says, no, that's my partner. And she, she's like, what's going on here? I shot him in the foot. And he's like, no, nope, too kinky for me. And I'm like, no, Ray, come on back. So one of our favorite scenes we're going to be talking about is the flamethrower scene. Yep. Probably the most memorable scene of the movie, and certainly for Gregory Hines. So we're going to hold off talking about that. But we so, we slowly see Gregory Hines' like mental health slipping, t- slipping yeah. throughout the movie. And... He's really good at it. Man, it's one of his better dramatic roles 
I mean, mm-hmm. he's very funny in the movie and everything, but seeing him kind of slip is a kind of a fun thing to see. There's kind of a weird, uncomfortable scene later on where they think that they're going to have to pimp out Sigourney Weaver. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Yeah. It's one of like the guys. Like one of the generals? Yeah. One of the generals, the one that keeps giving him the uh, the cufflinks. Remember, yeah, they yeah, show yeah. him giving cufflinks to like every person. Yeah. And uh, that's where the pig's brist line comes in. Chevy's like, they're like $10 pieces of shit. I wouldn't wear them to a pig's brist. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh and Sigourney Weaver kind of does seduce the guy. She gets on board for the whole thing, and she's and then she starts kind of a relationship with Chevy Chase mm-hmm. at one point. Uh, but the, where the movie really comes to the head is that last ten minutes. And we're gonna be talking about it, so I won't go too fully into it now. But the arm show. I mean, it all leads up to the arm show. He has that great uh, discussion with that uh, that arms dealer, which is the one that kind of puts the idea in his head that you kind of have to. Uh, He's like, did the general give you the uh, the cufflinks? He's like, yeah. He says, what did you give him in return? And he's like, oh shit, I guess I didn't give him anything in return. And that's where he was kind of like, oh, maybe he, the the company of a beautiful woman or something like that. So, so Corny Weaver surprisingly was on board for it. <laughs> you kind of. I don't think she thought anything was going to come from it. Maybe, but I kind of got the impression rewatching it that she actually does screw the general. Oh, does she? So I don't know, maybe not. But hey. I guess She's you're already in the arms deal. You're already got kind of twisted morals. It's so a shady maybe, industry. Yeah. Going so. that extra mile is not a big... Not a yeah, big. it's kind of a crazy, crazy thing. So. Plus, it was in the script. It was in the script. That's what we'll go with. <laughs> uh, but the arm show. The arm show was great, man. I, I They must really have spent a lot of stuff. money just... Just filming put, or making just up... Just putting a, those planes on the ground. Yeah, I mean... I mean I, they had a lot of expensive stuff. It didn't show much of it flying. No, and they had... It was like a... They showed a lot of fun stuff like... Uh, like in Police Academy when they would go to the conventions and they showed all the new weapons. If Gregory Hines got to go up with like the Blue Angels or something. That would be interesting. Usually if you're going to be in a movie with fighter pilots, yeah. they let you do it. And he knows his shit. That's what was great about Gregory Hines in this movie, that you believed when he was walking around and he was talking to the, uh, to yeah. the other pilots mm-hmm. that he knew what he was talking about. And they show him obviously in the uh, cockpit, but it was very like Firefox, bad, he, <clears throat> bad steals. CG kind of thing. yeah. yeah. And basically, that's what's gonna we're gonna be talking about is he steals a plane during the air show and threatens to blow up the air show. Yeah, and they have to kind of react big time. So, and they thought they saw it was an opportunity. Let's show the what the drone can do. Oh yeah. So and that, well, everyone was like that. Everyone's yeah. like, "Hey, I got MIGs right here, ready to go up." And the other guys are like, "I got this and yeah. I got that." And I just the the luck up guys took the drone out. Yeah. But it also is one of those risky things. Yeah, if it doesn't do if it. it doesn't do what you, you want it to do. You're not going to sell just, that shit. No person at that air show is going to buy anything. Yeah. So it, I'd almost be better not to do it, I guess. I don't know. Or unless you Depends believe in your product. Depends how much faith you have in your product, I suppose. Yeah. But we're going to be talking about two scenes here. One scene's the flamethrower scene. It's so great. I, I've been saying the line, I'm just going to give you a little touch-up yeah. for, for our entire life. Well, I sent you something about this like two months ago, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody did it for real. Yeah, it was crazy. So Gregory Hines, this is the first time we see Gregory Hines lose it on camera. And you could tell he'd been stressed up to this point, and then this is kind of just just broke. So like, he was willing to let it go. He was willing to let it go. He gave the guy every opportunity yeah. to yeah. to let it go, and he really, really didn't. So I'm going to be pulling up this scene. If you're watching along with us, it's going to be at 56 minutes and 10 seconds, and we are going to check that scene out. All right. So, yeah, this is Tony Planca, and it's just a, uh, a Hispanic couple that are, like, getting into his firebird and in the middle of, like, an argument. 
and Gregory Hines just happens to I get liked, in his car. And he's got a Porsche. I like it's a That's true. It's a nine twenty eight. I liked that model when it came out. And it's just a minor fender bender what happens here. Gregory it's, Hines is pulling out of his spot. And this guy's already hot. That's the only reason this is like a big thing. And it was sort of his fault. He could have stopped. Yeah. It was almost nobody's fault, really. They should have both been looking. And Gregory Hines takes the key out of the ignition and he gets out and they just start before he even gets to the back of the car, this guy's screaming at him. I mean, he's yelling at him. He says, what the hell's wrong with you? You fucked up my car. And he really makes it look like his car's better than the Porsche. But, I mean, so he's not listening to it. And Gregory Hines is not going to engage. The second he calls him an asshole, Gregory yeah, Hines just kind of like, walks off. Tony here kind of loses his shit. That's the problem with being emasculated in front of your your lady. Yeah, you can't. So... Tony Planka starts kicking Gregory Hines' door. Yep. I mean, this is a Porsche, man. Can't be doing that to nope. my door. Uh, then Gregory Hines comes up behind the car, and he's like, hey, that's not needed. You shouldn't be doing that. He could have left still... then, though. He could have left then. Like, they were getting back in the car. But he's very rational. Gregory Hines does not raise his voice. But then Tony Blanca Pulls the switchblade. No good. Uh, and he goes over to the Porsche, and you know where this knife is going. <coughs> oh man, <coughs> right in the tire. I don't. Could you even do that? Yeah, it seems like that would be a hard thing to do. It seems like hard rubber, like you. And it's a switchblade, so it's not like a and fat ass blade. Not, and it's not like sturdy. It's on a hinge. Yeah. Gregory Hines, stop still, arguing with him with the switchblade. Gregory switch blade, Hines man. is still not kind of losing his shit. He still but he's, keeps it cool. He's also not. He could have walked away twice now. Yep. Tony Blanca comes out with a tire iron. Ooh, and just full on smashes every window to the Porsche. And then, and Gregory right Hines on is, camera, we see Gregory Hines losing his. He's shit. having like a panic attack. He's his eyes. He's ah, <clears throat> uh, it's it's such a fabulous scene just to watch Gregory Hines lose his shit. <laughs> and then he casually walks over to his Porsche while, while Tony's, Tony's on just, the hood smashing He looked like it. he had a fun time beating that car. Oh, yeah. I love his girlfriend knows something's wrong. And Gregory Hines pulls out the flamethrower. <laughs> they scream and run away. And his line is, I see you got a nice flame shot, uh, job on that car there. This is not going to give you a little touch-up. And then <laughs> just he a little just flames that car, man. This would have been a fun day to be on the set. Yeah. Just a little touch-up <laughs> for you. And for a brief moment, he smiles, and then it, he immediately falls, and he's like, what the fuck am I doing here, man? Yep, and he feels so horrible what he did. Such a great kind of kind of scene for Gregory Hines. Yeah. All right, we're going to pause it there, and we are going to jump forward to the arm show, which is going to be at one hour and 23 minutes. Oh. All right, yeah, you're right. They They spent some money on this scene. Well, there's, I mean, look just at the extras. I mean, but they, these are real planes. They, yeah, it has got to be at least 100 <laughs> extras, 1984. Yep. Uh, Arm shows. So yeah, we're seeing Gregory dressed Hines. Up as like a French, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, a yeah. French uh, debutante. <laughs> Gregory Hines is just cruising, like randomly walking around these different jets, kind of checking them out and just... Quizzing these guys who obviously know their jets better than thirty-five anything. million a piece. Yeah, I wonder if that's a decent price for a uh, a MIG, or if that's 
probably cheap as hell. Some of the new F-35s are like, they're like a billion dollars. Really? How many, there's so many drones probably out there too. He obviously is not going to take one of the drones. Because, yeah, he steals one of these cars. And I think it's the car he's looking at. Or yeah. the car. <laughs> the jet he's Don't steal that at. car. You guys left the keys in it? Come on. <laughs> hey, have you got keys in those? they have keys in those things? they got to have you, something, right? You would think so. Some sort of locking mechanism. I'm sure the new ones don't, but... But he's... So, yeah. We're... So, the cars, the planes are doing... Oh, this is a Harrier. This is the one that can launch It's really good if you're, if you're a jet person or a military vehicle. This, this whole arm show is actually kind of cool because they you don't do have a ton it. of this types of movies out there. Yeah, and Chevy Chase is still kind of uh, pimping out his stuff because the the deal has not been made. You know, no, I don't, I don't think no for any of these guys, the no signature yet. on the paper, so they got to... F-19 is what Gregory Hines... But it's almost like Gregory Hines is working against Chevy Chase's... Oh, he is. He's, uh, he's doing his own thing. Well, what's wishes. interesting here is Sigourney Weaver comes up to Chevy and says, I'm sure I don't have to tell you, you probably already know it, but Gregory Hines is at the air show and he's got his helmet, his flight, helmet. And flight suit on. And Chevy looks up and he sees <laughs> he's Gregory down Hines the runway. like piloting through the air show. And Chevy and he knows what on, he's going to do. Yeah, oh, he knows. He's going to wave to him, right? No, I don't even think he notices him. So Gregory Hines puts the shield down, and Gregory Hines is going to take off. And Chevy Chase, cast and everything, is just limping, trying to get Ray's attention. And Ray's going to be gone, They must have had a pretty cool... uh, That's a pretty low buzz. Those things take off straight up. Those F-19, it looked like it went up. You can do pretty short takeoffs because they're used to landing on aircraft. Obviously, areas. not really done because of the special effects, but it looks very much I mean, like Firefox. It looks very much yeah. like Firefox. Firefox was done the same way. I mean, you kind of have to do that anyway. As long as shooting you in cut front. to a shot of a pilot flying it, yeah, like in real time, yeah, and then just cut back to the interior. The interiors actually look pretty good. I think yeah. the exteriors are where it needs some work. If this was re kind of mastered and everything that's what sucks about this fantastic movie this is not going to get a good blu-ray treatment or any of any of those and it really deserves it so now the chevy's obviously not going to catch him so he goes into the drone booth and he's just trying to talk gregory hines down he's like you can't you can't do this man and he's like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna blow all these weapons of mass destruction up i love that the drone is called the peacemaker yeah i think that's pretty funny yeah, he's got his... Enjoys his moment of prayer? Yeah. <laughs> I won't blow up the arm show if you guys join into a moment of prayer. And the striker guy is losing it. And so are all the other kind of uh, weapons guys. They're actually having a meeting about, hey, I got two planes yep. ready to go up, and who is this guy, and what are we going to do about it? And they're all having like a this guy. kind of meeting about character it. Character actor. Yep. That all guy these too. guys, these are all great character actors in this movie, man. It's really good to see all of them out here working on it. Probably freaking guys, as in William freaking, not just freaking guys. <laughs> we all know this guy's <laughs> missiles couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, now they're just turned into each other. The F-14 is nothing compared to the F-19, and this drone can do it's this and this can measuring between it totally is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here we go. And this is where Strike is looking his at this guy. I love pencil-thin mustache. That, oh, you yeah. ever want to make someone look a little bit more evil? Douchey. <laughs> yeah, put a pencil... Slick hair and a pencil thin yeah, mustache. Yeah, the, the striker guy is like, we're going to launch this sucker now. He's like, we got all these buyers here. This could be the next push that we need. And he, mm. he, he's looking at it as an opportunity now. Te- you know what the power of a demonstration does, right? Yeah. And uh, 
he he's looking at it as like because at it's first he was like it was like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> this Tracy Walters' hand hair is crazy in this movie. <laughs> so yeah, there are the speakers are saying everyone must evacuate the area because obviously this is going to turn into a shit show. That black guy in the drone room too. He was in uh, Red Heat. Yep. You look like Marvin Hagler to me. I lost money on Hagler. <laughs> he was in uh, another 48 hours also. Chicago police officer doesn't really think she's Oh, and they do the countdown. This other guy working in the drone, he was in Seinfeld too. He was the uh, the uh, the guy that did the bris. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The moil. <laughs> the moil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the sand gets in here and it gets yeah, grounded. Yeah. He freaks out. He, like, he gained yeah. a little bit of weight since then, yeah, yeah. so it's hard to tell. But, oh, man, I love the music on this too, man. It was really good. And the flight helmet, you know, that's what's great about the flight helmet. They were almost—I mean, the drone—they're almost too made for, for camera. I mean, the special effects aren't too bad. They had they had Star Wars at this point, right? Oh yeah, Empire, seventy-seven Empire, eighty-three Return already came out. Yeah, so they are. So all had three some. of the major Star Wars already hit by the time this came out. So it's just they spent a lot of money on that. This is just for this one scene, and we get to see these things in the air. So yeah, that drone is right on Gregory Hines's ass. I mean. Gregory Hines' job now is just to expose what kind of piece of shit it really is. Yeah. But man, he's got a lot of weapons. And this thing is still <laughs> fucking up. Archie Bunker comes yeah, in. Yeah, that's so great. They're in the trailer watching the screen, almost locked in on him, and then it, it switches to another broadcast and it switches to all in the family. It's so funny. Oh, weapons are off. So they fire the first one. Gregory Hines obviously can see it and does a great barrel roll. And you see the thing explode right off the beach. The fire's great because, I mean, it's hard to get digital. There was not really good digital fire until Lord of the Rings. So, Oh, really? Yeah, that's when they really the mastered benchmark? it. I think that's the benchmark at, uh, at first come out. Other than that, you were you were blowing shit up and you were just super. I always look at it. Jurassic Park was a benchmark for, yeah. for stuff. Yeah, there's a couple key movies. The Abyss was the first time we got to see that liquid yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff done. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a really good plane movie where it looked really super realistic. It wasn't this. There's, the realism is obviously when they're showing these things done, it, it doesn't look real. I mean, they're models. I mean, I think they're probably mm -hmm. doing this on a soundstage someplace. But Gregory Hines is giving it his all. So, yeah, he is just like, they're just cat and mouse in it in the air, you know, trying to see who can get one on it. And Gregory Hines is able to get behind this drone. So, he's got one of my, uh, he's got one of my f favorite lines when he finally takes this drone out, too. We'll see it happening. The The, the whole idea with the drones and not having a pilot just seems so well, much better. Commercial oh, man. They come right across a commercial airline. Talk about freaking and freaking out. American Airlines, free plug for them. <laughs> How was it? Yeah, it was American Airlines. Oh. He's like. He gives him some help here in a second, doesn't he? Yeah. He yeah. disables his weapon system for a second or something? No, Ed uh, Ed uses as a cane. Yeah, he grabs the microphone and he's trying to talk to Gregory Hines. So they're trying to like get they him They hold Chevy and they're like dragging him out of the trailer and Gregory uh, and Chevy Chase is like fighting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really fun how Stryker just... He loses his shit. He's basically his whole career is going to go down the toilets, but... He gets really kind of antsy here and pissed off. I wonder off how far Hines. back is, like, you could tell at some point 
it, they use like a, a backdrop, backdrop, like a Roger yeah. Corman yeah, yeah, backdrop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like we can't make it. We're spending so we much got on ten planes. Ten is great. Ten is great. We'll We're put just forty more in with. Yeah. Oh, and they realized that. Then the striker's kind of losing it now. Yeah, he's losing it. And the. And he decides <laughs> to just not just launch like one missile at this guy. He's gonna he's gonna dump his movie. entire payload. I noticed. What's that? A lot of racial slurs in this movie. Oh yeah, he, he really loses it on him, which probably that would definitely have got him a PG thirteen rating if it was eighty five. They blew up all these planes. So he just launches the weapons at the air show, and it goes up, and all these planes are blowing up. So then Chevy Chase takes the cane. Yep, flips the abort. Oh. <laughs> and then Gregory Hines lets out on this drone. Yep, they blow the model up. <laughs> my favorite line, state of the art, my ass. <laughs> and once again, you get Gregory Hines has that moment of real excitement, like, holy shit, I did it. And you then know? he realizes he's screwed And up. then realizes, God, and I'm not even sure what happens to Ray. I think the only thing they say is that's the last time I saw Ray uh, was that mo- that time. So I didn't see Ray anymore, yeah. He's oh. in Africa. He's in Africa. Flying missionary missions from the <laughs> Air Force. <laughs> missionary missions, because there's a lot of missionary mi- missions. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any. I don't, I don't think I, the U.S. military I think military they just made does. that shit up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a fun movie, man. And it was a great... It was dark, Kind of... Too. You would not... You, it's one of those movies that you can... I'm always amazed when a certain director that you're super familiar with does a movie that you cannot tell that that's the director. And you can't tell this is William Freakin'. No. This is definitely not a William Freakin' movie. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of his normal actors if he does it. William Freakin' kind of one of those interesting directors that reinvents himself every couple of years anyways. You know, he, he died recently? Last three or four uh, years? No, I think Freakin's still alive. I, yeah, I think he's still alive. But, I mean, he's responsible for the, the scariest horror movie of all time, and almost no one's going to argue that it's The Exorcist. I mean, it just is. And then to do one of the best cop kind of cat-and-mouse dramas with French Connection... And really, he did not go back to that horror thing until Bug, really. Bug was like the last time he had done like a horror movie. So he did a whole bunch of cool little movies between there. And uh, I always loved him. So this was a great kind of uh, minor William Freakin movie that definitely going to have to search out. You're not going to find this played on TBS or any of the movie channels, no. I wouldn't expect. Uh, but you never know. This hardcore, is why... hardcore Chevy Chase fans know about it. Yep. But there's so many companies coming out, like the the one me and Justin pimp all the time is Tubi. It's like it's free. You, it's a free streaming, and they probably have 600 movies on there, and they have a cult classic section that is just kick ass cult movies, one after you another. You just gotta watch another. commercials. Yeah, you do yeah. have to watch commercials, but they're like every 25 minutes or something, and it doesn't bother you really, and they're not that long. It's like two ads, and it's gone. So. I'm so used to watching commercials with uh, my PGA Tour subscription. Yeah, that, that you it just, doesn't bother me. You're used to it now. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's still available on DVD. You might have to pay 15 bucks to get it, but uh, you can find it on one of these streaming things. Plus, my client that I run the YouTube show for, commercials equal money in my pocket. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time YouTube runs a commercial for us, I get a cut. Yeah. So they do their commercials within the pod or at the beginning and end. So. They they do them at the beginning and then do a middle and then the end. But what we do is we go back and cut the full podcast into like fifteen clips, yeah, yeah. and we just post it. And then those run commercials the whole time. Yeah, it's weird. It's on. interesting to me how people do it. He makes seven thousand dollars a month on from, his ads. On his ads, yeah. just ads. 
Which is crazy. You can imagine people with big pods, what they're going to do. And he has 30,000 subscribers. My golf dude has 2.5 million. Oh, Jesus. What the hell does he get? Yeah. That's crazy. If he if Arthur's making seven thousand a month, yeah. What the hell is that? No, it's a business. It's a business. That's a hundred thousand. You want to buy ads on Fascinating with Films? We are taking them right now. Right now, call the hotline. (laughs) Call the hotline. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's a great time to pimp our stuff. So if you want to check us out or contact us about ad stuff, you can contact me and Justin on Facebook. You can also see our cool collages of films, and you can also shoot us an email, fascinatingfilms at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you there. Or you can leave us a like or a comment on our uh, two platforms, SoundCloud and iTunes. we got some good stuff coming over the next couple weeks. Me and Justin, next week you will, uh, you'll definitely hear me and Justin talk about some short time with Dabney Coleman, a great obscure movie with an insane script that was just fun all around. How can I make death fun? This is how. Short time. Check it's it out. fun. And then after that, me and Justin are going to be talking some UHF. Me and Dave are going to do a 1941 pod. And then me and Justin are going to do... Um, what else is up for me and Justin? Uh, Leviathan. We're going to talk about the awesome 90s sci-fi horror movie Leviathan. And then I'm going to take a trip up north and me and uh, Eric. I know I got a lot of Eric fans on here too. Uh, we're going to talk about Fright Night and Nighthawks, two of me and Eric's favorite obscure movies that we watched incessantly as children. So we're going to uh, bring bur- that to you. bourbon pods? What's, what are they? Are they bur- bourbon, bourbon pods. pods? Yeah, those are the only pods that I actually drink a little bit on, too. Those We call them the bourbon pods, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't had bourbon since the last time I was up there. So Well, we usually do I these pods at 10 and 11 in the morning. Yeah, it's a little so. early for bourbon. Yeah, if we did them yeah. late in the evenings. and If it was a 6 o'clock pod, I yeah. guarantee these would be bourbon Yeah, pods. they'd be a little bit more bourbon-y. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, definitely stick with us. The next couple of weeks, we're going to have some exciting, obscure movies come out. So we'll be happy to bring you those. So until then, see you. Bye. State of the art, my ass. Thank you.